Welcome to the Benefits Executive Roundtable, hosted by Dorothy Koshu, President of Advanced Benefit Consulting. Dorothy is a nationally recognized benefits and compliance consultant and group health broker. Here, you'll listen to industry experts break down the latest news and trends in employee benefits, healthcare reform, regulations and compliance, all designed to empower executive decisions. Hello everyone, I'm Dorothy Koshu, host of the Benefits Executive Roundtable. Today we're going to be discussing the 2021 Medicare Open Enrollment and updates for consumers, Medicare enrollees, employers, and agents. I want to welcome our special guests, Maggie Stead, Kahu Immediate Past President and Medicare Agent, David Garcia, Medicare Specialist and Kahu Medicare Chair. Welcome to all of you. Thank you, Dorothy. It's great to be here. Thank you, Dorothy. Glad to be here this morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very much welcome. I'm happy to do this. Well, let's go ahead and get started. To begin, I want to start with a brief summary of the most important things consumers and Medicare enrollees need to know for Open Enrollment 2021. The Medicare Open Enrollment is now open, obviously, from October 15th through December 7th. Consumers need to be aware because the open enrollment period affects someone that they know, a parent, a friend, a coworker, and many others. The Medicare options that are available to Medicare enrollees is vitally important because it affects the type of coverage and care that they will receive for 2022. As Medicare experts, what would you say are the most important things that consumers need to know to help their family, friends, and others that are age 65 or older and eligible for Medicare? Well, I would say, first of all, Don't be drawn into those ads on TV or on the radio. There's so many promises that are made that just are not applicable to your situation for the seniors. I mean, it's it's really time for them to think about who's my doctor, what are my drugs that I need to take, and what coverages are important to me. This is a year we have a lot of great options, a lot of good plans, but you have to make a good choice so that you keep the connection with the physicians that you work with, that you can help as agents with them for the clients to work with, to make sure they have their drugs covered and that they have the coverages they need. Don't get drawn in by promises that just don't apply to your situation. And there's no need to panic. So, so what you're saying is what you see, what you see on TV is not always true? Yeah. I mean, Basically, some of those ads are mixing up three types of coverages, Medicare Advantage, the Medicaid benefits, and Medicare supplements. So they're misrepresenting what the plans are, which is very unfortunate. Yes, that is unfortunate. And I'm sorry, I was trying to make a joke of that, but it is a very serious topic. So uh, yeah, you can't, you can't always believe what you see on TV. David, did you want to uh, comment on this? Absolutely. Very well said, Maggie. Um, One of the biggest things that you can do favors for friends, family members, and yourself is make sure to have your prescription lists in order. Every year, the formularies change, the pharmacies that are in network and are preferred change, and that makes a really big difference, and not only on what plan you're going to be on, but how much you're going to be paying, not just in premium for the month, but co-pays and co-insurances at the pharmacies or through mail order for the year. So that's one of the biggest things you want to make sure that you do have in order. And just like Maggie said, uh, also the providers that you're seeing, if you're on a Medicare Advantage plan, you want to make sure that they're still in network. If you're on a Medicare Supplement plan, really nothing to be too concerned about there in regards to changing at this time of year, because that's not really what this time of year is for, what this enrollment is for. But I would definitely recommend making sure that that prescription list is in order and that you're working with a knowledgeable agent, someone who knows Medicare, someone who knows 
the opportunities that are available to you and can help you find the best plan to meet your needs. Thank you, David. So let's just start from the beginning here. What exactly can seniors do during open enrollment? I think they need to take a look, as David said, at their prescriptions. They need to take a look at their plan because right now, if someone says, oh, I'm fine, I'm happy with my plan, I don't want to change, well, the plan may have changed. So we really do need to look at the prescriptions. We need to look at the plan to make sure it still fits the individual needs. And also some of the doctor agreements and who's participating and what network can change as well. So that is so, so important. Right, and we need to keep in mind during the annual election period, what annual election period was created for October 15th through December 7th is for people on prescription drug plans, Part D plans, to make changes to those plans because not only do the plans change and the formularies change, but sometimes our health changes throughout the year. So your prescription list may change and that alone may cause you to need a different plan. Not to mention the consolidation of plans that are happening for 2022. And just like Maggie mentioned, the doctors and providers that are in network, the specialists, the PCPs, the hospitals, you wanna make sure that if you're on a Medicare Advantage plan, because in addition to changing your Part D plan, you can also change your Medicare Advantage during this time of year for a January 1st effective date. So you wanna make sure that they remain in network and you still have access to those providers. Notice that I didn't mention Medicare supplement because this is not a time to make changes for Medicare supplement, ideally, right? So this is more for those who have prescription drug plans and Medicare Advantage plans to make changes during the annual election period. So let that thought out of your head that whatever plan you choose today, you're stuck for the rest of your life. No, that's what this period is for, to make changes and be uh, working with a knowledgeable agent to help you make those changes during the short time span from October 15th to December 7th. But you know, David, there's another part of this. People that are on Medicare Advantage plans during this time of the year, there may be an opportunity for them to change to a Medicare supplement plan. Absolutely, yes. Especially due to change in benefits, changes in the doctor groups. So that's where a really knowledgeable agent can help you and, and assist those individuals to know if they have that opportunity to change. And also, for those who are on Medicare Advantage plans, we do have one more time period from January 1st to March 31st for them to make one more change, just one change. But we agents can't contact people about that. They have to call us. Right. Well, thanks, you guys. That was very helpful. It was a lot of good information. I was not aware of some of those issues myself, so thank you very much for that. What are the most common questions that seniors have when they're signing up for Medicare for the first time? I think for the seniors, I just had a meeting last night with a number of people coming into Medicare, and it is so confusing to them. I think the key questions they want to know is, should I sign up for Medicare? When should I sign up for Medicare? And what does it cover? And so that's where we as agents can really help them understand their eligibility period, their initial enrollment period, that seven months. If they're on a group insurance plan, should they enroll or not? And I always tell them there are the, some thou shalts. Thou shalt not stay on your COBRA plan. You should not, unless there's situation that you need to. You need to still sign up for Medicare. Uh, individual plans are not creditable, so you need to be, thou shalt go on to Medicare. So are, those are the number of issues we need to walk through with the seniors. And just to let them know that they have great choices. And as David mentioned before, they have an opportunity to change every year. So they're not making a decision for the rest of their life. 
So it's really helping them to understand that they're sitting in the catbird seat. They've got some great opportunities to select some plans that best fit their needs. Maggie, very well said. And working with an agent like Maggie who's knowledgeable or several members of CAHU agents that are knowledgeable in the Medicare field, they're not selling you something just to sell you something. They're giving you the opportunity that you have available. So to answer your question, a lot of them come in fearful. They get these messages and uh, letters in the mail from Medicare, from carriers, from uh, sometimes others that are saying urgent notice, final notice, must comply, all these different types of information that makes them feel, if I don't do something, I'm going to lose something. And when you're talking with an agent who lets you know that you have opportunities, there are enrollment periods, it takes that edge off. But very well stated, Maggie. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah, thanks to both of you. So let's let's focus now on providing assistance to those Medicare enrollees, because as you both said, they're obviously in need of it. There are so many changes that occur each year, it must be overwhelming to them. So for you, the Medicare enrollees that are listening, let's take some time to update you on what you need to know for this open enrollment season for coverage in 2022. What types of plans are now available for Medicare coverage? Well, depending on the area where the individual lives, and that's important because the plans are available by zip code, is there are Medicare Advantage plans, which include both the true HMO style of plans. In senior world, we have PPO plans, which are a type of HMO plans, which allow them to go to providers in and out of network and not have to have self-referrals. They do pay a higher price out of network. And then we have, of course, the MedSupps are out there still. And then this is also the time for the prescription drug plans. And those are set up on a national basis, uh, and rated, they're actually state by state. And what happens with that is we have plans now from a low cost of less than $8 a month, all the way up to $160 a month, depending on their formulary and the needs. And the exciting thing this year, there's two things that have come in. One is the insulin program for seniors on a number of plans, both the standalone drug plans and on the HMO plans. And we have more plans participating in the Part B give back in some areas of the state. And that's creating a lot of excitement for our seniors. Absolutely, very well stated. So depending on where you're at, just as Maggie mentioned, there are some new opportunities in the Medicare Advantage side with PPO throughout the state of California, which we haven't really had much of that opportunity as agents um, in past open enrollment years. So we've seen a lot more carriers that are adopting the PPO model. Uh, as Maggie mentioned, the insulin um, coverage savings program, which started last year, more carriers are involved in it now. So we're seeing a lot more opportunity for savings for seniors. Um, and make sure that, once again, I can't stress enough the importance of making sure you have your updated prescription drug list to give to your agent so that it can run that and make sure you're on the right plan for next year, whether it be a standalone Part D plan with a MedSup or Medicare Advantage plan. And to add to it, many of the plans also are adding in some ancillary benefits that are really quite exciting. There's home care, There's we've had transportation, they're increasing chiropractic and acupuncture and adding massage therapy, groceries, care in the home after you come home from the hospital. So there's many, many additional coverages that the plans have been able to add that really helps the senior 
for their medical care and their well-being. And I find that really exciting. I agree with you, Maggie, and I couldn't, I, I can't go without saying since you're, since you're mentioning these, there's a couple of carriers actually that are addressing loneliness, which we've heard a lot of from seniors through this pandemic that are at home by themselves, may no longer have family that are nearby or in another area and aren't seeing people because of the COVID, the pandemic situation. And they are giving allowances towards adopting pets. Uh, one carrier in particular has a robotic pet that you can have in your home. I mean, they may sound to people that have family and others around silly, but that is really awesome for someone who hasn't left their home in a while, is afraid to leave their home. Um, they're addressing the mental and the loneliness aspect. Also giving um, benefits in regards to telehealth for uh, um, therapists, for therapy to, uh, uh, to address their loneliness. So there's a lot of opportunity there, I think. But again, the priority would be making sure that you're primary needs are met, going back to your prescriptions, going back to providers and network. But there are some great additional benefits that have been added for 2022. Well, that's great information. Thanks, you guys. Uh, I know you both mentioned this before. Let's talk about it now a little bit more in depth. What are the types and the differences in the standalone prescription drug plans that are available for Medicare? Well, this year has seen a change a bit in the plans. The uh, deductible has gone up to $480. We've seen a little bit more money in stage one and in the expansion a bit of the uh, donut hole or the no coverage. The great no news is we have coverage in the donut hole and we do have the catastrophic still continues. What we're seeing though this year is a number of plans are taking and not waiving the deductible for the tier two generic drugs like they used to last year. So that's made quite a bit of difference in some of the plans. And we've seen a shrinkage in some of the number of plans that are being offered. So we have to look more carefully at the formularies. And because some plans have been pulled from the market, they, the plans are moving people into other plans and they may have a substantially higher monthly premium. So we need to make sure that we're looking to see which plan they have been mapped for, that if it still meets their needs, or is there another plan that's less costly that can meet it just as well. So this is, I'll tell you, this is a very challenging year for the prescription drug planned coverage. Yeah, Maggie, Maggie hit it on the head. Uh, there's a lot of consolidation of plans. Some plans uh, in some instances, uh, members are being moved to a higher premium by as much as $70. And if they don't move to something different prior to the first, then they are going to be stuck with that increase in premium. So every year during this time, it definitely should be checked. And just know your agent is most likely using a program that enters all your prescription drugs that has the list already there if you haven't provi if you've provided it to them and runs it up against every available Part D plan in the state, whether they receive commission for that policy or not and we'll let you know which is the best fit for your need because in addition to the changes that Maggie mentioned for formulary and deductible, there's also pharmacy changes. So that needs to be taken into account and be giving you direction as to should you continue to use that pharmacy or perhaps consider a different one that will save you a whole lot of money if you go with a certain carrier. So yeah, there's definitely some differences, but knowledgeable agent will help you every time. Well, thank you for that. We've talked about what they can do, you know, what they can sign up for and the types of plans offered and so forth. But the big question for a lot of seniors is, how do I sign up? Can you give our listeners some advice on this? 
Well, if they're new to Medicare, they sign up through socialsecurity.gov. Very easy to do. I find it easier to go in through medicare.gov because you just say sign up for Medicare only and it takes you right to the spot you need to be in social security. I recommend that they have their social security card handy because that's how they are in the system. That's how their name is in there. And I always tell them just to make sure you answer the questions and on the comment sections, tell them that you want your A and B to be effective specifically on a certain date. So if your birthday's, let's say December 1, you want, um, excuse me, your birthday's in December and you want it to be effective December 1, you will put in there, I am requesting my part A and B to be effective December 1st. It just helps them to know that they're communicating. However, if they're leaving an employer plan, there's a, you do have to fill out the uh, employer change form and the CMS 40 form, which is the application for, for part B. So the L-564 form and the CMS 40 form have to be submitted directly to social security for coverage. Great answer, Maggie, and she nailed it on the head. And I would also suggest for those of you that are looking for assistance, ask your friends. You most likely have a friend or a family member that turned 65 or will be turning 65 soon and received help from an agent that can guide you. But Maggie nailed it on the head. Thank you very much. Let's talk a little bit about Medicare supplement plans. What do these cover and why are they important? Medicare supplement plans are designed to cover the co-pays, deductibles, and the co-insurances of Medicare. Because you know, Medicare has uh, deductibles, they have co-pays, they have uh, out-of-pocket. And so there is no maximum out-of-pocket for Medicare. So the great thing with the Medicare supplement plans is they're designed to come in and cover that. Except now for those seniors who became eligible after January 1 of 2020, the new plan G's and lower plans, they do not cover the Part B deductible, which is $203 right now, and we'll very shortly hear the new amount. So still not bad for a $203 deductible, and then they're picking up the Medicare covered amounts. And so it's great because Medicare and Part B covers generally 80%. And the individuals responsible generally for the 20%, and it's that 20% that Medicare supplements pick up. Also, two of the plans, the F and the Gs, also pick up the excess charges where doctors can charge 15% above the Medicare amount. And so the advantage of those plans are that they can pick those up. The other great thing that's happening is we do have some carriers that are now offering vision and hearing coverages as well. And some are offering such things as the uh, discounts for family households. They all, number of them also offer discounts when you're new to Medicare for the first year. Some of them offer gym memberships, some offer some over-the-counter benefits. So while the benefits are exactly the same from company com to company, there's some additional coverages the individual may want to consider when they look at the different companies. But the plans are exactly the same from company to company, the basic plans. Very well said. Yeah, and, and just to drive that point a little bit further, if you go online and look up Medicare supplements, you Google or any browser that you're using, if you go far enough, you'll find that they're also listed as Medigap plans because that's what they were originally called. And they were designed to fill in the gaps in Medicare. And that uh, deductible amount that Maggie mentioned, that's a calendar year deductible. That's a very low deductible. 
some of you listening to this uh, podcast today maybe have deduct deductibles of $5,000. Imagine going to a $203 calendar year deductible. Not bad at all at a premium that you're paying at about $115, $120 when you're turning 65. And as she mentioned, they're federally mandated to have the exact same benefits on the medical side for provider and for hospital. So all the plans are the same, the letter plans, the Fs, the Gs, um, the Ns. Uh, however, like she said, there are some additional benefits that you may be interested in looking into. So they're, they're a great source of coverage, and they all use one network, the Medicare network, which is a national network of providers, richer than any PPO, richer than any HMO that you're aware of, because it covers all 50 states, anywhere in the United States, any provider, any hospital, any specialist that accepts Medicare, accepts your Medicare supplement plan. And I'd add territories like Puerto Rico, uh, Virgin Islands and Guam also are part of that. And I wanna make sure that people know that we're fortunate in California, we do have the birthday rule. So every year on in 60 days, that's a new change as of last year, 60 days following your birthday, you may change your Medicare plan to an equal or lesser plan. So again, unlike other states here in California, you have an opportunity to review and change your plan as needed. Well, thank you for all that valuable information. Is it true that Medicare supplement plans are not available to everyone? Well, it's not available by health. Unless you're in a guarantee issue situation, it is an underwritten product. It's not like Obamacare, the ACA. It is still an underwritten product. And so if you do not meet the criteria for guarantee issues, such as you're new to Medicare, leaving an employer plan, your HMO plan was canceled, you're in your first time trying an HMO and you want to go to a med sub, you are subject to medical underwriting. So unfortunately, there are some people that cannot pass that underwriting criteria. The only other thing I can think of um, if uh, somebody, and this happens a lot in California, um, you know, you have somebody on a Medicare Advantage plan that moves out of the Medicare Advantage service area to a different county, so that creates a guarantee issue, but I, I agree with everything Maggie said. Okay, thank you. Well, many employer plans still continue to offer coverage for their full-time employees, even if they're over age 65. What are the options if they still are working and they're over 65? Well, the first thing we have to ask is what's the size of the employer group? Because Medicare says that if you're less than 20 employees, they don't have to offer employer benefits, they don't have to be offered to the individuals in those under 20 lives groups. So Medicare recommends the individual get Medicare coverage. However, here in California, many of our small group carriers don't require the Medicare coverage. For the 20 or more life groups, the individual really doesn't need to enroll in Medicare if they're in a plan that's considered creditable. What that means is it meets the minimum requirements of the Medicare drug coverage. So those individuals really don't need to go on to Medicare unless they want to do so and drop off of their employer plan. Part of the challenge we have many times is we have individuals who are Medicare eligible, but they still have younger spouses and dependent children who are on the group insurance plan. So that's all part of the consideration we have to take in, into consideration. And it's important to take again a look at the drugs as David talks about because employer plans and the Medicare formularies are different. 
Plus we have the donut hole in the Medicare world where we don't have that in the employer world. But in the employer side, we've got high deductibles sometimes and higher max out of pockets and co-insurances where many times we don't have that in the Medicare. So it really takes a careful analysis for the individual to take a look to see what best fits their needs and their families. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, one of an example that immediately comes to mind that you just mentioned in regards to the prescription drug cost is, I remember speaking with an individual who was paying $250 a year to satisfy the prescription drug needs through their employer, and she's ready to retire. Um, and then when I ran her prescription drug list at that time, this was a few years back, uh, she was going to be paying close to $5,000 on a Part D plan through, through Medicare. Um, however, the premium amount that she was paying was a large amount. She was going to be paying much less premium and still, even though with that larger prescription drug payout, she was still going to be saving thousands of dollars because of the amount of premium that she was paying. So that's just one example. Um, it doesn't always offset that way and it doesn't work out. And it's a big reason, not just the prescription drugs, but having family members, a younger spouse, children, why many people that are over the age of 65 remain on their employer-sponsored plan and continue to work. One of the things we hear statistically all the time is how over 10,000 people are turning 65 every day or 1, 000, over 1,000 in the state of California. And agents often ask me, well, where are they all at? And they're still working. A lot of them continue to work beyond the age of 65 and benefits is one of the biggest reasons why. Well, you mentioned some of them, but what are some of the pros and cons of dropping off a group plan for your employer and signing up for Medicare? I believe personally it has to, uh, well, depending on their situation, especially when it comes to dependents, being able to find coverage that will meet the dependents' needs um, beyond the employer benefits. And then also being able to meet, have a prescription drug plan that may meet the employee's needs. Um, so there are some different factors there. Uh, Maggie? I think that's important to know also if they have the options of COBRA coverage or going on to an individual plan such as Covered California, what's the options and the costs involved in that. Uh, one real advantage, and I tease some of my uh, older members, myself as a senior, is if you're still in the market, many times if you have Medicare coverage, you're very attractive to that employer because they don't have to pay for your medical coverage. So all of a sudden you're, you're a less cost of acquisition as an employee. So that's another great consideration involved. So the, the pros are, is that you have, the medical side is great. You have a lot of options, less out of pocket and really covers something. I had an individual where her employer paid all her premiums, but when she had a, a large expense, she wound up paying a $10,000 maximum out of pocket for her medical care, where on the Medicare supplement plan, time you take into part, take into consideration paying part B, her Medicare supplement plan and her D, her out of pocket was $3,600 for the year. So those are the way to, to think of it. Everybody is individual in this situation. So that's why I say no one plan is best, no one option is best. It really depends on the individual and their needs and what the options are that best fit those needs. Well, thank you very much for that. And you're right, I do have some clients myself who are always happy when their 65 and older uh, participants decide to uh, opt into Medicare. So yes, absolutely, I can, I can certainly see that as well. 
So what should a senior be looking for if they're looking for an agent to assist them? Because obviously you guys already talked about you know, how important it is and how complicated this is. So what should they be looking for in an agent? It should be an agent that's appointed with a number of companies that knows their business well and that's able to listen and discuss the uh, needs with the client. I want somebody I know that, that just doesn't push one plan over or over another that is more consultative so they can really assist the senior to find what best fits their needs. Yeah, I would definitely uh, suggest you talk with your friends, find out referrals, see who's helping them, who's knowledgeable. And just as Maggie said, they've got to be appointed with, in my opinion, uh, uh, several carriers. So you have options and they're not just driving, driving you into one product. Uh, so yeah, definitely check with your friends, referrals, check Yelp reviews, whatever you can to make sure that you're finding an agent that's knowledgeable and will give you their time. I just wanted to add something in addition to what Dorothy just mentioned is I think some consumers are under the impression that if they call a carrier direct, that they'll maybe pay a less premium because they're not contacting an agent. There is no difference in premium if you work with an agent or not. Actually, their, their, their uh, commission, their incentive is built into the premium for your product, whether you go direct or through an agent. So why not work with an agent who is going to look at all products available to meet your needs? I wanna share something that I'm very concerned about as an insurance professional and as a senior, people are receiving phone calls. And under Medicare rules, unless a senior specifically gives permission for someone to call them to discuss the plans, you should not be receiving calls. And there's some rogue agents and agencies out there that are just calling people to get them to change plans. And it's very disturbing. I had one call, a little old, uh, older client of mine. She was 98 years old. She loved her plan, told this person she loved her plan. And they say, oh, you could have this other plan too. So my client signed up with this other plan, thinking that she was augmenting her current plan. She wound up in a plan with doctor group that was 50 miles away, and she doesn't drive. So we were able, luckily she called me afterwards, excited that she had this new ancillary plan, which I informed her was not. And we had to get it stopped. Fortunately, it was in five days. And we were able to, we filed a grievance with the company against the agent that did this. What we found is in some cases, sitting on the NAHU Medicare Advisory Board, we found that some of these games that people download on their phones has a hidden permission for people to call them. So these people are very sneaky out there. So seniors should not be taking any phone calls from these people calling them if they have not given permission for people to call them. Well, the HIPAA privacy and security consultant in me says, you know, <laughs> thank you for bringing that up because people don't understand what they are what they are giving permissions to on any applications, anything they're doing on their phone. So be very careful before you accept anything. Always check and see what exactly you're giving people permission to. So that's I know a little off topic, but thanks for bringing that up, Maggie, because that's an important thing. And I don't like to hear about, you know, agents doing that either, because that kind of gives agents a bad name. And we don't want yeah. that, especially being part of a group like CAHU, you know, the California Association of 
Health Underwriters and the National Association of Health Underwriters. We're all about ethics and helping people. And these games that people are playing do not make that easy. So uh, right along with that, uh, along those lines, what do seniors need the most help with and how can an agent like you, Maggie, assist them? Well, I think as David is saying, the, the prescription drugs are probably the biggest issue as far as making sure they're getting their drugs covered. I know medical expenses can get up to $298,000, $500,000 for big things, but the reality is for most people, it's where the prescription drugs and expenses are that we have to look at. And it's, and it's also just making sure that we're keeping them with their doctors that they need to be with. So we're fortunate that we have so many good plans in California available. So it's just a matter of finding which one best fits their needs. But as an agent, we really have to make sure that we're matching up the drugs and the doctors and what, what's going to be expected for medical expenses the next year. I tell people this is not an emotional decision. This is a financial decision. And we really need to pull the emotions out of it. It's what's best for me and best fits my needs financially and coverage wise. I'd just like to add to that really quickly. One of the things that I love about this generation is the loyalty, uh, the baby boomer, baby boomer generation that is. A lot of them feel coming into Medicare coverage and Medicare providers that, oh, I was with this group so long and that carrier took care of all of my needs when I had an issue in the hospital and this, that, and the other and paid my claims on time and I never had any issues. This, this is an entirely different world. I, I, I can't stress enough there should not be carrier loyalty but who meets your needs that year loyalty? So it's very, very important to think of yourself and what you actually need going into the next year, not a carrier name. If that's the plan and carrier that your agent is recommending for you, there's a reason behind it and take their advice. Thank you very much for that. Well, let's uh, change gears here just a moment. And uh, I would like you guys, if you wouldn't mind, to update us on some legislative changes for Medicare and Medicare enrollees, you know, talking about the donut hole, the creditable coverage for COBRA, all the types of things that, Maggie, you've already mentioned. But can you kind of update us on some of the legislative changes that have occurred? Well, with NAHU, we're still working on the COBRA uh, aspect. Right now, COBRA coverage is not considered creditable. What that means to the individual is, is that once you go on to COBRA, it's considered an individual plan, which is not creditable. It's because you're paying the premium and you're not actively at work. Those are the two criteria. So that's why when someone goes on COBRA, they need to get their Part B within six months of, well, excuse me, within eight months of losing their employer coverage. The tricky part is they have 63 days to get coverage for HMO and for Part D coverage. So we've not had a change in that yet. So on COBRA, it is still not creditable at this point. And the reason is, is because it's considered an individual plan, even though it's still a continuation of the employer plan, the individual is paying the full premium and they're not actively at work. So it is, those are the two criteria that Medicare has. So NAHU is working closely, John Green especially, and having a bill sponsored on that so that we can get COBRA as credible coverage. Another thing we're still working on is observation status. That's a tougher uh, slog. Uh, part of the reason is hospitals are rewarded 
bonus wise if they keep people from being admitted. So more people are putting on observation status and under the Medicare, they don't cover up Medicare, the observation status, some of the HMOs do. So that's, that's another challenge that we have. There's also a misunderstanding that was out there that by this time the donut hole will have gone away. And sometimes you will hear the language that there's the donut hole has. Well, we still have the no coverage, but what individuals are paying is 25% of the negotiated rate of the drug. So we're not going down below the 25%. So that's, that's another key thing. A couple of years ago, we had the Medicare supplement change come in that said that people that were on Medicare eligible, so that's for your A, as of January 1 of 2020, they cannot enroll in the plan F plans, any plans without a deductible, for example, or Cs. So that's why we have plans with the deductibles now. So those are the primary things. Some of the other things being worked on is looking at uh, Medicare and the drug arrangements. So there'll be no more news and negotiations on that. But I will tell you, it is a great time to be a senior on Medicare because of the star reading programs, because of special programs that uh, insulin programs, there are more and more benefits that are being offered to the seniors in the Medicare arena. So I will tell you, it's a great time to be on Medicare. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I wanna address, I, I think going back to when Part D was originally introduced, the reason it was called the donut hole because there was no assistance, right? During that, that gap area. That's why it was the donut hole, nothing, you're on your own. Now it's the coverage gap. So I know there's, we still use that terminology, but like Maggie said, it's 25% when you get there. One of the big things that I'm excited about um, is the open enrollment period that's gonna be changing because of NAHU's efforts, which is going to be from, uh, for Medicare to enroll in Part A and Part B when you do so during the month of January through March for those that have missed the opportunity to enroll in Part B when they should have. Right now, if you were to enroll during that time, your effective date for Part B would not be until July 1. And this happens because sometimes people just forgot, maybe they didn't want to pay an extra premium because they're healthy, their doctor said they're going to be fine for a while and I don't need insurance right now and I'm not going to pay that Part B, I have Part A and I'm okay. Well then they find themselves in a situation where they need it, they want to enroll and realize, oh, I can't just enroll whenever I want to because I don't have an enrollment period. So the open enrollment period from January 1 to March 31st, if you sign up for that today, your effective date for Part B isn't until July 1st. Well, because of NAHU's efforts in 2023, that'll be changing. So if you sign up in January, it'll be February 1. If you sign up in February, it'll be March 1 and so on. So that is a huge advantage for us. And just so you know how popular that open enrollment period is, 7-1 has been for many years the second largest effective date for all Medicare carriers when it comes to MedSup and MedAdvantage enrollment date, I should say. So it's a big, big deal. A lot of people take advantage of that open enrollment period or use that open enrollment period, I should say. So like Maggie said, it's a great time to be a senior. <laughs> well, we're hearing a lot of talk about lowering the age of Medicare. What is the status of that? It's looking like it's becoming dead in the water. I mean, there's still some talk about that, but so far Congress doesn't have the appetite to do so at this time. We don't want it. <laughs> I hope it, I hope it dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's okay to share your personal opinions. We're, we're all okay with that. Well, thank you for updating us on that. And thanks so much for being here today. We're out of time. But if someone needs assistance, how can they reach you guys? Maggie? They can call me 
at my uh, toll-free number, 877-492-8234. Again, that's 877-492-8234. Or they can email me at mstet, that's S-T-E-D-T, at stetinsurance.com. Thank you, Maggie. David, how about you? I can be reached at 800-801-2300, or you can email me at David dot garcia at warnerpacific.com thank you very much well thanks everyone for listening i just wanted to let you know that we're going to be taking a break from now through the holidays and that we will be returning in mid-january until then please stay safe stay healthy and please have a happy holiday season thanks for listening stay tuned for compliance tips cost containment ideas new trends and decision making tools This podcast is produced by Advanced Benefit Consulting, Anaheim, California. All views expressed are those of the host or interviewees and not necessarily those of Advanced Benefit Consulting. Information contained herein should not be construed as legal advice. We always recommend that you consult with your legal counsel as situations do vary. Ms. Koshu can be reached at 714-693-9754, extension 3 toll-free at 866-658-3835, or visit our website at advancedbenefitconsulting.com.